Got a bad bitch on me. What? What? Got a bad bitch on me. She D T F. She tell me she D T F. I heard she D T F. What? And you ain't hanging with the team if you ain't down to fuck. Okay. Well, Lord, I'm a bad. Welcome to DTF, the Daryl Timmery Fun Hour, the greatest sex education comedy, sometimes game show podcast in the known universe. Hi, I'm your resident sexuality educator, Dr. Timmery. And I'm your residential sexuality educated, Daryl Charles. It's true. You are so educated. I am. I know, <laughs> you know I, so I, I much. Think I, I'm, I'm being educated each week because, you know, I'm not closed-minded. That's fair. I also think, like, you have now done more hours of DTF than most people are expected to do in a, a degree program. <laughs> so I feel like if I just, I like, wrote you a quick test. Yeah. Thank y'all so much for listening, but honestly, the 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 selfish uh, joy that I get out of doing this show is that I have to do research every week. Mm. Like it's it's that like you know I'm it, there was a joy in that like that that just throwing your head in a book thing. Like I'm not a read a, a a novel guy, but like I am definitely a read a bunch of articles about the Fremulum. How many articles Got about it. the frenulum do you need to read? <laughs> I don't know, but like <laughs> but we'll the keep next doing it. one, I'm going to read it, right? Do, do you want to tell the nice folks what a frenulum is while we're on it? A frenulum, I think I, I M'd it and it's an N. The frenulum is the ridge under the head of the penis. If you have a circumcised penis and you got the little Darth Vader cap, the uh, lightest part or pinkest part if you're one of them, uh, is the frenulum? It's the it's the Darth Vader under Darth Vader's helmet and the the little like um, wrinkly shit in the in the bottom of it. Uh, yeah, it's the frenulum. It's a very sensitive spot. It's one. It to is focus one on of the most. Yeah, if you're, yeah, it's if you're doing sensitive. stuff to a penis. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you if you want to make love to a penis, yeah, yeah, like if you feel like it. <laughs> Yeah, just like um, oh, this is so uh, tangential to one of our articles this week, but um, yeah, just like with vaginas, where most of the nerve endings are only two inches in, the frenulum is not that far down the dick, so you ain't got to bottom out nothing. Yeah, we're get... we're definitely gonna talk some more about that. We're gonna talk about frenulums exactly. and clitorises and all this good stuff. Shall we? Yeah. Shall we just get to our first bit of fucking news? Let's fucking do it. Fucking news. All right. Cool. Um, well, Love our it. first thing is we can't help it. This is what we do. We talk about COVID. <laughs> we can talk Look, about the pandemic. Hey, if there's a weekly show that is not talking about COVID, somebody please. Actually, that's not true. I've, weekly shows that uh, aren't talking about COVID that I listen to are all about the murder of young women. And oh, that. Yeah is yeah that that kind of happens regardless of your pandemics um mm-hmm. and you know i listen in the hopes that it'll stop that's what i tell myself but yes <laughs> you're listening in the hopes that it will stop you it's a you know even i have been struck by the whole like the backlash to the ted bundy one the ted bundy documentaries and the backlash mm. to the robert rodriguez one like i haven't watched that night stalker one on netflix yet because richard ramirez and I can't, yeah did i say robert rodriguez yeah. that's the director <laughs> yeah i was like the spy kids director 
<laughs> oh lord uh no pan's labyrinth was great and i don't think any young women were fucking killed in their beds uh during the making of that uh so alledly is what i'll say to no, he uh, <laughs> okay allegedly because i was gonna say like to ramirez was sentenced to death he just didn't end up getting executed he died in prison at the ripe old age of 53 so yeah, oh i didn't see i haven't watched that documentary yet the reason because like, I don't I just, like. I know too much about this stuff. That's all. I have, I no, will. I I am I am also a big fan of the true crime. I am okay. a huge fan. I'm actually listening to. Oh, here's some buzz marketing, but there's a podcast called The Apology Line. Ooh. And it's about in the in the early '80s, a dude in New York decided to dedicate a phone line to people just apologizing. Wow. You know, kind of that like strangers in the night or casual encounters kind of show. Like you could just call a phone number, leave an apology, and that's it. And then he started playing the tapes for his friends. It turned into an art exhibit. He ended up turning it into like on the phone line. He had up to 10 minutes to do like an outgoing message. So he would dedicate that to other people's apologies. So you could call, listen to a bunch of apologies, and then give your own. Wow. And um, it gets into serial killer shit real fast. Like, wow, yeah, son. Like, it's 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 really good. Anyway, the apology line. It gets into okay. it's like six episodes, but it gets into fucking it gets into serial killer shit faster than you. Like at first, it's like, oh man, yeah, people just uh, apologizing. Like, oh my god, I, I feel bad that I ran away from home. It's like, oh, that's great. It's like I be killing people, and this is great because I get to apologize and feel good right now because I'm gonna do it again. It's like, oh, whoa. Whoa, yeah. So while I was shoveling yesterday, there's a lot of fucking apology lines. Wow, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm currently reading a very, very, very thick book on the uh, psychology of evil. Specifically, like they come up with this categorization of levels of evil. Um, so like the the lowest level would be like you killed somebody in self defense. You know, like a justifiable. Uh, Just murder, whatever. Homicide is a, is a level of evil. That's okay. Because it's like you still killed somebody, and then there's like sure. gradations above that, and then you like Ed Gein, who is the loose inspiration for Psycho and uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, mm-hmm. and like a number of other things like this. Silence He's of the like, Lambs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like yeah, level yeah. thirteen. <laughs> it goes up to twenty two. So it's fun. It's a fun book. Mm. <laughs> It's so it's so funny because um, wow! Did this make this a pivot. episode took a turn? <laughs> we haven't even talked about fucking yet. We're like, so when it comes to dismembering young women and making lamps out of their skin, I think Oof. the the thing that that um always strikes me about the Ed Gein thing is yeah, I mean you know on the weird charts he's off the charts, but like by all accounts. He was a very gentle man. Like, it was one of those things like, oh, he was weird. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But, like. People trusted him you in know, town. They knew he was weird. But, like, yeah, he would he babysat, I think. Like. Right. It, yeah. He's like, he, yeah, he was a nice. He was a, you know, unassuming, nice guy. It's, you know, you hear bad things happen in his life. His mom died. Oh, man, they were really close because he was always around her. Ah, I hope he bounces back. And then, uh, you know, you see him in town every once in a while. Come to find out, he's the reason your aunt's missing. Mm. 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 
So I think we should talk about her first piece of fucking news. (laughs) So while we're on light subjects, uh, we're going to talk about (laughs) sex in the era of a pandemic. This article, the one we're going to be specifically referencing, is is actually from this summer. But I don't think that that makes it terribly outmoded. But just in full disclosure. We are still in a pandemic. Yeah. So this is a piece that was originally published in Politico. It's by uh, Dr. Justin Lay Miller, who is a big deal sex researcher. Um, he he's one of the big names in like making information to getting information to the public about research around sex, and and he yeah. um, has you know books on the subject, etc. But he's talking about um, the comparison between like self described. Uh, left and right politically and how are how the pandemic is affecting our fucking and basically yeah. the gist is that when we the Kinsey Institute which is based in Indiana did a study to explore this impact by surveying about 2,000 adults more than more than 2,000 and some are single some are relationships Sometimes they lived alone, they cohabitated, whatever. So it's like a mixture, and it's people from like 18 to 81. So it's a, it's a pretty big spectrum. And what they found is that like the people whose sex lives are the most impacted are like the self-described like liberals, leftists, etc. They have lower desire for sex in general, having less frequency of sex, whether they are partnered or not, lower mm-hmm. likelihood of experimenting with new sexual things. And meanwhile, like self-described conservatives are having uh, are having more, or like it's it's not really affecting them, or it's, it's whatever. It's not that they're having more; it's that they are affected less. Um, more, That's fair. Yeah. More conservatives reported their sex lives not changing or um, or increasing. I think it's like, yeah. yeah, it's it's one of those like it's like a yes, no, maybe, and like they have way less no's. Yeah. than the, the left does. And, and yeah, so, 50, you know. 50% of conservatives said their their sex lives hadn't changed at all. And then two-thirds of conservatives said that their their sex lives had, in some way, improved or stayed the same. So, Which is funny because the, the, the presumption that uh, Dr. Elaine Miller uh, starts with and then unpacks is that, you know, in a pandemic, you stuck at home. We all... What, all you're gonna want to do is fuck right like y'all got days like what i ain't got to brush my teeth and go to work let me eat some ass and (laughs) i think in in month what fucking 11 uh of this pandemic um we've figured out that like uh, yeah this shit don't work that way dog like uh maybe it worked that way at first you know there's a lot of novelty at first but yeah, so there's, you know, there's the question then is like, why is there this difference and some of the suggestions? And I also want to just give a shout out to my to my friend Kirsten who suggested this, who also pointed out some ideas about maybe, maybe why this is as well. But like mm-hmm. some of it is depression, anxiety, like those things will impact your sexual desire. Yes. Um, and people that take the pandemic more seriously are going to have those impacts also they're probably taking more precautions so you're gonna be less likely to like hook up with people but you're also less likely to see your friends and then you're gonna have the depression and anxiety that goes with that and then perhaps just you know in 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 general your life is more impacted if you take this whole thing seriously and that'll have these ripple effects so i would imagine that that's a big piece of it yeah definitely if you if you are social distancing because especially when it comes to the single people Right. Like if you are social distancing, then you are probably putting yourself in a position where you're not going to meet a lot of new people. 
And I don't want to say how single people operate. Uh, everybody operates differently. But I imagine part of being sig- single is meeting new people to fuck. And mm. if you aren't, if you aren't going to places where single people fuck, which is where they trade diseases, <laughs> you are going to miss out on a lot of that genitals you like. And so, yeah, it's like if you, you know, it's the it's the curse of being woke. Oh man, I'm about to spit a bar, but it is the curse. <laughs> it's the curse of being woke. It's like if you are, if you are, if your eye has been open to some of the big prevailing issues that are affecting humanity to this point, there is a tax on it. Like it, it sucks, and especially it's it especially sucks when you are dealing with the ignorant or the uh, disingenuous who do not have to rely on facts for their points right mm. like mm-hmm. if if you if you are affected by this um pandemic and you're like well i just i don't want to get anybody sick i want to whatever you're going to stay at home you're going to social distance you're not going to fucking try to meet new people but if you don't give a shit mm. then not only are you going to be out there but you're going to be out there amongst other people who don't give a shit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which means that if you try to do some some shit that the CDC would say, please don't. You are probably gonna meet another person who says fuck the CDC, which means that you know it's just a higher probability that the, these matches are gonna be made because you're just gonna be around more like-minded people. It's the mm-hmm. same problem with like I rely on science to to um to to back up the points that I want to make or the way that I see the world against a conspiracy theorist because a conspiracy theorist just goes well I don't feel like that's true and it's like I don't give a sh- like what are you talking we're not having the same conversation and that is the same th- it, it, it's just more evidence to that uh, aspect of life that is increasingly frustrating the older I get and the less faith in the rest of y'all that I have given the way <laughs> that the world is operating one thing that I find really interesting about this, so I want to always get at the motivation behind beliefs because we can mm-hmm. we can act like we're all being very rational, logical, and even if what you believe tends to line up with the facts, whatever, there's also still underlying values that, that cause these things. And it's interesting because historically speaking, people who are more conservative, more traditional in their values, have greater fear of contamination have greater fear of mm. um, things like that. And so when when it comes to like an issue like HIV, when it comes to like herpes, you know, something like that, conservatives are much more likely to have huge amounts of stigma around those things because yeah. the the underlying value, the you know, that desire for purity, that desire mm. for, you know, that concept is so challenged by what is basically just like, you know, an everyday pathogen that not to minimize the impacts of of getting HIV or or herpes, but like, you know, they don't necessarily have the same level of morality around like getting a cold, right? Right. But when it comes to coronavirus, there's been this sudden like whatever, right? Like, all of a sudden we're <laughs> we're not concerned. What yeah. this is going to hurt our children's immune systems to have them wear masks? Like all of this kind of it's like what? Like literally, y'all tell me, you know, like all of us sluts are all going to die and we're going to deserve it. 
<laughs> like all of a sudden you don't care about pathogens anymore and that's been a fascinating turn yeah it's a it's a weird thing and i you know i think <laughs> here is a moment where you say if you were one of those people who wanted to judge people for sexually transmitted diseases and then did not want to quarantine yourself in the midst of a global pandemic that has killed millions of people the majority of them being in this country then you should do some deep introspection about where you get your ideas from because I would postulate, hypothesize whatever words you probably don't understand I would guess that you are easily swayed by the media and by the media you watch because those things are not congruent if you think that people who get herpes get if you think people who get social diseases which is one of those old terms that I think is great fantastic. it's a great one yeah I got a social disease what you mean I'm I, I'm in these streets <laughs> like yeah I'm in these streets. I got a lot of friends you know <laughs> yeah man look we be spitting on each other's stuff out here uh, if you ain't with the shits, then fine. My mucous membranes, huh? They go both ways. Huh? I, some, sometimes I take shit in. Sometimes I give shit out. Um, but but yeah, if 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 you if you're if you're it's the it's to go back to the idea of values. Like a lot of people say that if you want to if you want to argue with your fucking weird uh, QAnon aunt, you don't argue on the merits. You don't argue on the science. You argue on the morals. You argue on the beliefs because. That is where a lot of that adherence to this thing that you can't remove someone from comes. It's from a a, a a moral place. It's like my 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 core values say that this is the right way to do things. And you know, I am one of those people who's like, oh, I I can't wait for an aunt to say that uh, she never wants to talk to me again because. I told her R. Kelly's a monster, and I'm never gonna accept it. Right? Like I, 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 I love a good fight. <laughs> I love a good fight. Please fight me. But, um, yeah, like uh, uh, you can get at those moral things that 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 hypocrisy because, yeah, that hypocrisy is like it just doesn't make sense if you want to, you know. I, I hate to do the white dude bro thing and be like, if you just want to think logically about it, but like. Yeah, that hypocrisy is is um, is deep, and uh, as it does to this, uh, I will say in a very condescending way, ignorance <laughs> is bliss. Um, if you are completely ignorant to the global pandemic, sure it feels good to fuck, because you aren't sacrificing in the other ways. So yeah if you aren't sacrificing in the other ways if you 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 aren't washing your hands uh fucking religiously if you aren't uh keeping a mask on when you go outside if you aren't making sure that you are six feet away from people and 30 feet away from people if they are exclaiming or speaking loudly or spitting into the to the ether then then of course it's easier to meet people of course it's easier to fuck people because the people that you are meeting probably have COVID. And I also just, I, the, the thing about this, I, I want to normalize the idea that if anybody is having a rough year sexually, whether you're dating or you live with a partner or whatever, you're no. not alone with that. No. Um, this is this is evidence that, you know, among, among this surveyed population, which is a fairly diverse group, like, 
there were a lot of people who have been impacted. And even if you are relatively lucky and you've been able to work from home and Mm -hmm. you didn't like lose your job and like you haven't personally been sick. And even if you've, you've had an easier time than others, it doesn't mean that you aren't impacted by having your whole society taken away. And so that don't feel bad. Don't feel pressured. And I strongly believe that this shit is on its way out. (laughs) It's going to take a minute, but yeah, spring's going to come and we're going to be able to play outside again. And Mm -hmm. we'll all enjoy sex again. (laughs) A lot of people, me included thought that 2020 was going to be our year. I thought 2020 <laughs> was about to be my... I had an album come out in January. Son, I was ready. Yo, you don't even understand. I was ready to full court press it. We about to go do things. And um, President took society away. And, uh, oh, here's a fun fact. I I, I love this uh, fun fact because it, it, it just got broadcasted like this week, which is last week if you're listening. But... Um, the first half of 2020 took a year off the life expectancy of of people in the United States. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. yo, listen, people. I I, <laughs> I I love that the things that I don't tweet, I end up saying on podcasts. If <laughs> you thought like in 2016, when someone said like, "Yo, this is about to be the worst presidency ever," and it was like, "Come on, bullshit." It happens regardless. Politicians don't care about us. The same things are going to happen. Maybe he helps clean it up a little bit because that's what he's saying. If by clean up you meant that he's going to take a year off of everybody's lives, then, yo, give yourself a medal, son. You did it. (laughs) He really did. I mean, the swamp is a little bit clearer because everyone is closer to death now than when... We started. Daryl Charles, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Yo, a <laughs> year off of life. Is, like, son, I'm bl- I'm a black man. I was born in, in fucking East New York, Brooklyn in 1981. I'm telling you, CNN said I'd be dead already. I was supposed to be dead by 21. Because of this president, I should have been dead at 20. Are you fucking for real? <laughs> anyway, all right. Wow. Um, <laughs> um, uh, it got existential. You know, Maybe it'll be stand-up one day uh, if I can figure out a way to make that fun. <laughs> it was certainly... It was certainly evocative. <laughs> I, I mean, yo, a year, yo! Oh, my God. And yes, what could he do? Blah, blah, blah. Yo, he was steering the ship when a year got shaved off of 330 million lives. And let's not... And that does not factor in the people whose lives just fucking ended. <laughs> Anyway, um, thank you for listening. Yeah, uh, yeah. If you if this Sorry. is your first episode and you happen oh my God. <laughs> to uh, ascribe to a particular set of uh, values, it's probably a, is your last. And I just want to say thank you for listening. And I know this is gonna hit you when you go to bed. And I want you to know you were wrong. You were so wrong. <laughs> you were so wrong. And people have died because of how. This is such a weird ASMR episode. Asthma person, (laughs) 
this of this show. All right. So I think I think we've we've covered this article from July and ASMR with Daryl. ASMR yeah, man, they out here fucking conservative shaming. Congrats. <laughs> so I feel like it's time to go on to our next piece of fucking news. I feel like that makes sense. Yeah, um, right. totally. <laughs> so this is a fun article. Uh, this is from the month where we're recording. So it's from February of 2021. Hey. Originally published in the Scientific American uh, article by Rachel Gross. And she's talking about there's a few different books who are coming out right now that focus on the phallus, on a penis. Uh, one of them is called Fallacy, Life Lessons from the Animal Penis, uh, and it, it's written by a bio- biologist and journalist, and it's talking about the diversity of penises across the, the animal kingdom. Yeah. So, like, there's all sorts of fun stuff. Like, um, here's here's just a sampling from this. It can be a corkscrew, a, corbar, a crowbar, or a hypodermic needle. It can stretch up to nine times your body length if you're a barnacle, be a detachable tentacle covered in suckers if you're an argonaut octopus or even C using light sensing cells that guide it smoothly to its destination if you're Japanese yellow swallowtail butterfly or it can be limp fleshy tube hardly worth writing home about if you're human so that's fun and, and then there's another a book bad day let's put the bad day in there all right like come on we've all had bad days all right anyway I don't have <laughs> ceremony please <laughs> and then the other book that she mentions is called Guy Nicology, The Missing Science of Men's Reproductive Health. And it's just basically like, why is there not a gynecology of men? Like, and it's an it's an interesting question because there's just there's just no equivalent. I guess the closest you could think of would be like urology, but urology is, you know, gender regardless. Innies, outies can both go to a urologist. And oh. the larger yeah, the, like the larger point that uh, hmm. she's trying to make by by mentioning these two books is that they are pointing at circumnavigating around the idea that we have focused on penises and yet not actually done it in any meaningful way, and it's actually fucked up the way that we do science. So mm-hmm. we have not looked at the way male gonads are interacting with reproduction among humans. Um, I mean, it's it's a funny thing because like if you look at the homunculus theory. Of reproduction at one time the idea was like the full ass about to be human comes out of a dude and then a woman's just basically like the oven like and that was an idea from thousands of years ago and we've gotten better and better and better understanding but because of the way science is conducted by humans it is only as objective as the people who are doing it and if we live in phallocentric societies we're doing science in ways that are that are limited and and we're missing really important pieces of how bodies work so this is where i would bring up like feminist biology as a field that specifically tries to go like what if we look at this from a more pulled out objective lens rather than trying to keep the narratives of gender that we have like for instance the idea that like sperm is is active and and then the egg is receptive and like actually that's not how it works inside the body and that vaginas are really doing a whole lot that we weren't looking for yeah. yeah. So this is this is just the overarching thing here is about like the ways that we have studied sex have been really limited and we we should be more expansive in our thinking. Yeah. Um for the for the people who were able to take my little jibes at being wrong and being responsible for the deaths of many who have stayed 
Thank one. Thank you for saying. Two, <laughs> phallocentric means uh, uh, centered on the phallus, and the mm-hmm. phallus is typically about a penis, but I can't. It's like Latin for dicks, but I think like phall phallow. I don't know. Uh, it's about dicks. Typically, when people talk about phallus, it's just another term for a penis. And uh, yeah, this is exactly this completely meshes with my worldview um you know a lot of the uh diversity talk that i am involved with because of my skin color and my jobs um turns into uh has been centered around people think diversity is a thing you have to add and what how you should be thinking about it is it's something you've been missing Mm. it's not that you need to add diversity it's that you've been short selling yourself by not attempting to appeal to 100% of your market this is the same thing we have too many dicks have been running the conversations about genitals and procreation and genetics to the point where we have put penises on this pedestal you know, to yeah, we've been putting penises in this thing of like virility and strength and blah 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 and not thinking about how much it has to factor into fucking making a person uh, uh, adaptable to the world ahead of them or yeah like, like stuff like that and so yeah I think oh man like it should be a shame that someone had to write an article like this in 2021 but I mean we I can think of like so many examples where it's like the the way that we have been conditioned to think about things mm-hmm. is then the framework through which we continue to think about things and it's yeah. not until somebody just goes like hold up you've been you've had these weird blue glasses on the whole time mm-hmm. <laughs> and you like are completely missing you know so many things because of that or you've yeah. only been looking east <laughs> like whatever yeah. so this is this is a huge thing that will have benefits to lots of people too because like I'm sure that there's gonna be somebody who hears feminist biology and then like I'm sure the first time I heard it I was like what the hell are they saying that dicks are less worthy than clitorises clitori how do they say it I don't even believe they exist clitorati no (laughs) that is that's actually a a, the clitorati I believe is the name of a nice little collective of uh female-bodied or female-identified comics in Baltimore. So shout out oh, to Oh, that's Clitorati. great. They, used yeah, to have, they yeah. had a monthly show at um, Zissimo's or The Lou Room, I believe it's called. And uh, yeah, once things open back up, I know the person who runs that whole thing and I know that they are waiting for it to be safe before they open. Um, yeah, show up. get some, cl- Go to some Clitorati shows. I will never yeah. be on any of them. I don't have the right bits, but I have <laughs> gone, and and uh, you should too. But uh, to, to go back to the clitoris, mm-hmm. one of the things they talk about in this article is that, like, you could very easily call the clitoris a smaller penis, or you could call a penis a large clitoris, because as we've talked about on the show— yeah. we are we are talking about the same ingredients and fetal development— um, being that every every fetus has the potential to develop into a body that we would identify as male or female, 
And yeah. that is why not only the, the prevalence of, of intersex people, but the normalcy of that. And mm -hmm. the fact that these are one of the, the comparisons they make in here is like a burrito versus a taco. Like it's the yeah. same ingredients on the inside. It's just the shape and presentation. And it's also why it's so easy to do gender reassignment surgery. I mean, yeah. easy is relative, but like to make functional, um, genitals for people because it's it's all the same fucking tissue Clips and it's get just engorged when they get excited like they're the same chemicals that are involved in uh i i, I don't know but I, I this i don't know for a fact but like this the i imagine the same chemicals that are involved in getting a clit engorged are the same that are involved in getting a penis engorged it's it's uh i can't remember what the fuck well because studies haven't been done on how Viagra affects women. Well, but, they sort of have, but it's like the the issue of sexual dysfunction is defined differently, right? So mm. usually when someone who has a penis goes to get medical help for sexual dysfunction, literally all they're describing is lack of ability to maintain get an erection. Get to essence. Yeah, yeah. And they're not necessarily... is uh, the thickening of a dick. It's about the width. You know, when you get hard, it gets a little chunkier. It, that's called tumescence. These yeah, are blood... words that I've only known in regards to dicks. Yeah, Sorry. so blood flows in, and then one of the things that happens is that chemical changes mean that it doesn't flow back out. And right. what a Viagra or something like that is going to do is change those chemicals so that the blood can stay in and that means an erection is maintained but for women generally people who have vulvas and vaginas uh the sexual dysfunction is usually more complicated because like that's not what they're looking for and you can uh, always apply lube if you are not creating your own very easily um, but right. that doesn't necessarily address like the arousal desire right. issues that are much more likely to be at the core of a sexual dysfunction there or pain issues are more yeah. complicated and because we haven't really focused on vulvas and vaginas and medical students still don't know nearly as much about them as they do about penises because there's just not as much focus and for hundreds of years it was considered like rude and bad to even explore that sort of thing <laughs> the field of How gynecology excuse me man yeah. you've like, been having a lot of headaches but does it put a good way <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want me to leave? Okay. I mean, like, the field of gynecology is uh, now lovely. Uh, I highly... Yeah. I, I, I think it's a great field to go into and an important one. Uh, the history of it is awful. Whoa, uh, boy. And it, and it, it involves slaves. That's how bad it is. And, yeah. you know, it's important for anyone to, if, if you want to give a shit about this, to, to acknowledge or learn about the history of it. But please, continue. Yeah, so gynecology is a relatively recent field. I mean, the the medical field is so fascinating because it's only really been like a an actual science for like mm -hmm. a century and a half, right? And yeah. before that, it was not really a science per se. The, and the, the reason we got rid of the plague was because they started this rumor that washing your hands was good before you like dealt with a human being or after you had dealt with a human being like the the the, the we the, humanity beat the plague by washing their hands and that goes to show you and this was you know 
at this point it wasn't 200 years ago it was which which plague you talking about the bubonic plague oh i mean there's been a few times throughout history like there's the big you know the black death in like the 1400s okay so, so it's been, been there's been a number hundreds of years yeah but from what i understand hand washing and sequestering the poor uh, the, the poor <laughs> the oh, sick wow which you know it is what it is but like sequestering the sick and washing your hands um have done a lot to further medical science within the past few years and that just goes to what you were saying i think one of the things we we're not that far away from the dark ages of shit yeah is, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we uh, have talked about on the show before, and I think is slowly getting better, is that there are some really, really obviously unethical things in the history of medicine. There's a laundry list. We can we can talk mm-hmm. about racial disparities there, and then you know gender being another one of them. And mm-hmm. it is still legal to perform pelvic exams on unconscious people. Uh, who have Mm. vaginas who have not specifically agreed to that or know that it's going to happen and so there are many medical students who still learn how to do pelvic exams on unconscious patients who are in the hospital for something completely unrelated to their pelvis and the way that this has happened is it's just like that's been tradition and like no one's going to speak out about it because medical school's real hard about that kind of sort of thing imagine that like yo she asleep Hey, come come over here. Find yeah, the it's creepy. Yo yo yo, 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 Tell me where, where, tell me where the menorah are here, huh? Come on, <laughs> she's asleep. Don't even worry about it. You could, you could lick it. Go ahead. Oh my God! I would hope that no uh, medical doctor said that, but I'm saying the 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 door is open because the patient can't be like I said. You could look. I didn't say you could taste. You know. And, and this is why it's really important there are people who are doing this work to try to have the normalized practice of having live educators, people who have vaginas, yeah. be conscious and helping guide a medical student through the process of giving a pelvic exam and giving feedback and directions on yeah. how this should go. So It's a good, it's a good uh, profession. Like you could make good money if you... You know, for some of the more invasive ones, like if you're one of those, like I let people touch my prostate for money, um, medically, like you can make good money because like that's that's very specific work, and it's about yeah, like, I, I want you to be able to, to get in there and get out yeah. without hurting me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's hugely important work, and mm-hmm. this is a thing that we're like still grappling with. There's so many facets of of consent and gender here, and the mm-hmm. the fact we don't have like a working model of a pelvis that is a more universal that can be used in school so you don't even you wouldn't start on a human person those kind of things because it's again we just haven't prioritized on it and the this article again goes back to like why we haven't really thought about male gonadal contributions to reproduction because I'm like an extreme example would be like not understanding for hundreds of years that it's actually sperm that influence the sex of a fetus it's not it's not the egg that influences that as much people didn't know that and yet still you know you'd blame a wife for all of these daughters or whatever (laughs) um but also we're just like not even talking about how i'm laughing because that's trash yeah (laughs) i just had to put that out there i forget there are still some people who would be like what anyway go ahead 
Yeah. And and we put so much onus on um, would, would-be mothers about their biological clock, and they need to have kids by a certain age, blah, 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 yeah, and, like, what happens to your eggs vitamins, age. But we never have them for men. Like, if you want to have kids, yeah. isn't there a set of vitamins you should make sure your balls are full of before you or, spit out folks? Or literally any provisions for what men should be doing for their health if they are trying to get someone pregnant. Like, uh, other yeah. than the fact that, like, keep your sperm count up is about the only thing That's that usually it. people will hear about. And we don't talk enough about how the age of sperm will impact a mm-hmm. potential child. Yeah, and Martin there are Sheen increased and, risks. Oh, no, I can't remember who it was. Ah, there's a random celebrities who have a bunch of kids at like fucking 60 and 70. And it's like, thankfully, you, you are famous enough that your kids are going to do all right. Because these motherfuckers finna be. I, and I was going to finish that sentence, but it is inappropriate for me to use said terms to describe mm. the things that I'm ascribing to these potential hypothetical children. And I will just say. We need to do more research on the uh, male contribution to reproduction. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, this is just, I think this this article is like just a, a starting point. It's also fun because it has lots of facts about animal vaginas, which just, Definitely. Oh, just I love it. I love it. Um, like, for instance, let's just talk about the fact that kangaroos have three vaginas. There are talk two. That are sperm reception and one for Joey ejection. So I imagine that you just sitting there. It's 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 a lot like um, it's a lot like the male human reproductive reproductive system, where they have two nuts that are just holding cum, and then <laughs> they decide to work together and they shoot something out. The thing is that the what they wow. shoot out isn't more cum, it's an entire human being so it's a little more complicated but you it's know it's a joey you, you think about it the same way it's a little baby kangaroo um swallowtail butterflies can see out of their vaginas because again like i mentioned earlier the the male Ooh. um can can send out light signals um duck vaginas spiral we've talked about mm-hmm. duck penises a lot and I think that's super interesting because they, they grow and then they break off. And so you want your penis to grow if you're a duck, like starting at the right time so that you can get a nice length to increase Maximum the odds penis of for yeah, fertilization, yeah. Mm-hmm. but not too early so that it falls off too early. Right. Like right. there's a, there's a sweet spot. I got all this dick and nowhere to put it. Nobody wants that <laughs> question. Nobody wants to answer a question like that. All this dick, no way to put it. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> pig pig uh, stuff is always interesting to me too because like the the vagina is a curly cue like the little tail it's just like that, that oh my god that's the cutest shit so ever so cute right it's adorable but all these cute things because we uh, yeah we just don't learn about uh, sexual parts of animals quite as often and like the huge mm-hmm. diversity of them and then maybe we can just get over this incredibly limited idea about like what penises look like and what vaginas look like because mm-hmm. also you, you can look at a thing like a hyena where the the female hyena has a clitoris that is big enough to give birth out of it. And it's called mm-hmm. like, it's you, they use a lot of masculine terms like that it's a pseudo penis or something, but no, it's, she's a she. And mm-hmm. we should just get the fuck over this idea that male equals big and long and hard and female equals like soft and receptive because like the diversity of the actual 
biology on this planet is so much more varied and we are so unimaginative and uninteresting when we ignore that stuff on top Mm -hmm. of being wrong Um, and also if you've never been fucked by a woman I don't I I really highly recommend (laughs) when a woman decides that you look I'm getting that shit out of them balls like it's a great time it's like whoa oh shit I don't even have to All right, I'll shut up you got it ma'am like that is a good time (laughs) and I would just say uh, objectively speaking uh, if you haven't had that experience if every pussy you've gotten you've taken then who you have some court in your future you <laughs> you want to make sure that everybody's with it and part of that is being cajoled into it and if you've never mm. been cajoled and you've only done the cajoling mm, mm, you probably have had more sex in this uh, pandemic than me mm. this I mean this is going to get me to spiral off into dudes that are worried about body count and then don't worry about body count like for for men the idea that like if you've had multiple yeah. sexual partners you're less valuable mm-hmm. and it's like somebody the other day posted this incredible comparison it's just basically saying like the idea that men are, I think just are carrying around an incredible amount of sexual shame shame about sex shame about cum shame mm-hmm. about penises and then because of the lens of the world just then deposit that shame whether mm-hmm. it's like literally like ejaculate or figuratively and you know ascribe this like lowered value this mm-hmm. your your quality is somehow lowered because you have interacted with penises because you have interacted with cum and they just deposit that projected shame onto female partners. It's ridiculous. And it's so silly. And it's just like, I mean, you might as well believe in magic because it's not, it's not like scientific. And I just always come back to the idea, like sexual purity, this idea that the, the ideal long-term partner has less experience in what other realm of your life do you want the person that you invest in to know less? I want my basketball coach to have never played basketball. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I want them to be pure for me. I want to make sure that this pilot, you know, thinks I'm special I'm and doesn't know any better. <laughs> yeah, not 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 that this person has had enough planes to be good at it. No, 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 no. I want to make sure that when I have to fly from New York to L.A., that the pilot has never flown a plane before as close <laughs> as I can get to wow there's a lot of buttons in here like that is who <laughs> I want to fly my plane like just oh damn I, you know I didn't even I didn't even want to do this shit before this morning I didn't think I'd be in the cockpit till now like that is who I want to be like good now you're here fly it and you better do a fantastic job or else I won't be happy and I will mm. blame you. Uh. Or or more specifically, you won't know that I'm being bad, that I don't know what I'm Ooh. doing because you don't have any basis of comparison. Yeah, oh, <laughs> I think it's more to the point. Bars. <laughs> Ooh. Isn't that, I kind of think that might that be That is a piece of it, right? Like, uh, oh, let, yeah. me, let me whisper it again. A piece of you're looking for purity <laughs> is that you don't want someone who can objectively say you are bad at sex 
You want to get someone who is innocent and quote unquote pure because anyone who isn't pure would be like, this penis is whack. If I could pick one, it wouldn't be yours. In fact, if a stranger walked in and offered dick and they were like, versus your husband, who is a misogynist, I would say, look, you're probably better because this is terrible given my experience. That's what you're afraid of. And so you decide to heap, I didn't whisper that, you decide to heap (laughs) shame upon the person who's supposed to receive your penis because your biggest fear is that someone would tell you that your penis is inadequate or your stroke game or whatever the fuck is inadequate and you would have no retort. And here is a hint. The only, the, the best retort is... Wow, I didn't know that. Please <laughs> tell me what I could do better for you. Because those things are personal. But no, you have decided that your penis is the harbinger of all that is good and bad. And the fact that it is bad is why you want to kill people. Anyway. Um, wow. That took a turn. Yeah. And that's, it, it did take a turn. And we should turn it uh, into yeah, yeah. another. So, yeah. yeah. A few different things that I want to say as a takeaway from this is first of all like about uh the only good science is you know that which we can we can you know do over and over again and make sure we're we're getting valid answers and um we want to be as objective as possible and that includes unpacking the garbage trash that we have unintentionally taken with us into the lab Mm -hmm. and when it comes to what is good sex since we went off onto that spiral it is completely subjective (laughs) and Mm -hmm. what matters is that you are present and communicative and you and your partners all feel like you are free to come and go and to say what you need and everyone feels listened to and responded to and that everybody is able to um, collaborate together on the process and it doesn't feel like something that's being done to you <laughs> that yeah. would be my hope for everyone that would be yeah. my real hope without a doubt yeah sex is about communication you are you are not just fucking a person you're communicating with them what you like they're communicating with you what they like and you are trying to find a common ground it's a lot like improv i teach classes on it please go to darylcomedy.com you figure out <laughs> the classes but that brings us to our next semi regularly scheduled portion which is mm-hmm. we're here to help Woo. and what are we going to cover today we're going to cover how to what to look for in a science experiment how to uh, actively consume. I can't remember the terms we use. Before so we hit yeah. Point. So basically, the idea is like we. These are both science articles that were published in mainstream sources. Mm-hmm. They're they're um, well, you know, Scientific American is more specifically scientific, but there are a lot of news articles that talk about studies that were done on sexuality, and they're published in whatever, right? USA Today or Elle or Vogue or you know wall street journal Mm -hmm. and how do we as consumers of this media how do we know that it's being represented to us correctly because the person writing it may or may not be a scientist may or may not be able to understand how the study was done there are an awful lot of scientists who say like 
their work is being misrepresented in media reports. So how do we as consumers sort through that? What, what are our best practices? Scientific literacy. And that is what I put into Google to come up with this list. <laughs> uh, no. um, but, but yeah, here are the things to look for when you read an article that talks about here's some science that we have figured out based on whatever. Number one, what is the sample size, right? Especially when we're talking about sex and sexuality. Uh, typically, they gather this information from polls. They ask people what they want. Or they bring people into a laboratory to do to run some tests to look at stuff. But there is a sample size. And so there is a particular sample size to, not particular, but... You have to think about how many people. If if someone says, I did this study, and it's like, how many people did you uh, look at? They go seven. You have to be like, did those seven people really approximate the billions of people on the planet? Probably not. Um, with America, what, we got like three-something million, 350, 330, something like that. So uh, I think, what is it? Is it 10,000 is the statistically... Numbers to be statistically sample. significant well it, it varies like i'm i'm not a statistician i mm. have you know done done studies before where i had to do the stats for it but the larger a sample size the more heterogeneous or at least more representative of the population that you are purporting to be studying so you want it to be that the the population is large enough that it's representative of the overall group that you're going to try to draw some sort of like conclusion about like right. if yeah like you said if you only ask seven people are those are those seven people going to just show the range of realities that exist in the world probably exactly. not how many of those seven people hate themselves if they opted <laughs> to take a, a fucking uh, test then they probably don't hate themselves that much so they do not represent me you know what I mean um <laughs> Yeah, so you want to look at that, the sample size. You also want to look at what were the variables that they were looking for, right? Like when someone... The scientific method includes <laughs> uh, what are your objectives, right? So the scientific method... Let me do a quick thing if I can remember my fucking elementary school science. <laughs> um, there is the objective, right? What you're going to look at is the hypothesis, which is what you think your answer is going to be. Then there's your procedure, which is what did you do to find the answer? Then there is, oh man, it's a five-step thing if I remember it right. Oh man, I don't remember what the fourth is. And then the fifth is your conclusion, which is what did you get from how well, you, you incorporated the first three? So your findings probably is what you're looking at. Like what which were one? your findings then? And then... So yeah. your your objectives is like, what is the question, the very specific question that you're trying to answer? And then your hypothesis, what you think you're going to find. And then also you need a null hypothesis. Like, how would I know if I was wrong? Mm. Like, is there some way that in this study, uh, it would turn out that actually my guess was incorrect? Because you need to have that. Otherwise, you're just going to find what you're looking for. Right. You want to remove the, uh, what is it called? Uh, confirmation bias from your scientific experiment, right? Like, I understand that I think the world works one way and I'm doing this experiment to test that, but I know that I will be biased to say that this thing's going to happen this way. So what is... How will I know that things... How will I know I'm completely the fuck wrong? 
mm-hmm. and no one is going to put completely the fuck wrong in a scientific report that's going to be reported in science or whatever fucking journal so they come up with other words but it's yeah how the fuck was that wrong well and and also just to like go back a notch just make sure that an actual study was even done like if you're yeah if you're curious about it i highly recommend google scholar is an incredible resource you don't have to have access to these uh super expensive databases you can just go google scholar it's go into google and google google scholar and it'll take you to google scholar and then you can look up like who who did this study they usually say the names of them um if they don't say the names that's that's a first uh clue that maybe this isn't real um Mm -hmm. is there a name to the article the journal that it was in you know whatever search terms you can find and try to find the actual study because i have seen more than one advertorial piece of content that was based on nothing at all dr oz will cite studies that have never been conducted and when you hear something say like a study was done uh Mm. there is a good chance there was not (laughs) that's a misrepresentation so that's that's, that in and of itself is one thing we can do yeah that's the thing that confounds it is that there are people who are banking on your ignorance to push bullshit by you and so when someone says that i can state this fact because of this study that was done sometimes it doesn't matter what the fuck do you care right but like (laughs) when it does matter to you or you know just if you want to be a more informed person go find the study these things aren't hard to find we have search engines you think search engines are so you can find out when brad pitt was born no this shit was made so that fucking the 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 military could find out how to make the best bomb honestly if you want to talk about how the internet was started but i'm asleep anyway (laughs) no but like you know these these search engines are here for you you can figure this out here's some things you you would probably want to check and and a quick way to gauge the efficacy of anyone's research is the measurement techniques what were they looking for and this is this should be laid out in any paper this is what we were looking for this is how we were going to get it you want to get that you want to get uh who published the document right um Mm -hmm. is does the the, does the uh, body of people who put this document out is it is it in their charter that they are trying to further science or is it in their charter that they're trying to make sure that uh rj reynolds continues to operate because that's who is paying them to make things um Mm -hmm. yeah like was it for money to go back to my other thing and why was it published because you can look at you know the scientific journal put out by the cattle industry is never going to say that beef is bad for you even though there are plenty of studies that show you will get colon cancer if you eat beef me personally i'm ready for death so i will eat every single piece of beef that shit is delicious especially when you cook it to the point where you can still taste the soul in the animal anyway and then at the end you want to say is it confirmed which means are there other studies who have corroborated this information and corroborated just means agree uh like is it confirmed so the way science works is you state your hypothesis you state your conclusion like your experiment went fantastic i had this guess here's how i was going to do it I did it. Here's who I did it with. It turned out that I was completely correct. Cool. 
that's a great paper. You did it. The what how science works is other people will make their bones. They will prove that they are good scientists by checking your work. They will come back and say, hey, this person put this thing out. I'm going to uh, look through what they did and maybe I'll conduct an experiment of my own. Maybe I'll just look at other people's experiments, but I'm going to confirm their data. That's the way science works. That's why scientists all the, all the time <laughs> don't say that they know anything because you to, to have a proof of the thing is a big deal. Everything is a fucking theory because scientists understand that they could be wrong in ways that they don't even understand at this day. Um, so yeah, so is it confirmed? That's when it comes. Thing. But that's that's yeah. When it comes. Into it. When it comes to sexuality stuff, I think the really the really big takeaway is like there are an awful lot of clickbait things that have like a headline, oh. Oh, yeah. and then we'll carry it around with us, and we'll it'll impact our beliefs and our feelings about ourselves and maybe even behavior. And so what we would just like to encourage you to do is like when you see one of those clickbaity headlines, before you decide that you need to take it seriously, before you decide that you need to change some behavior or reassess a risk level, these are some things you can do to go and check because just to make sure that the person who wrote this little article understood what actually happened in the study is another mm-hmm. thing. And you don't have to be super scientifically literate to just compare what is in an original study and be like, well, I can see right here this this is not what the study said. And that happens all the time. And there are misrepresentations uh, very constantly. So I, the point of this here is just like, it is very easy for science to be completely misrepresented and for us to not know it and uh, trust in your own ability to to look this stuff up, I would say. It'd be yeah, it's like this science can be misrepresented, and the problem is that like by the time you find this misrepresented science, it's someone who is standing on other people's misrepresented science. Like mm. Typically, the way that the media, you want to call them that or whatever, works is someone will lie in a paper, and that lie gets picked up by people who want the data to show a particular thing. They write a press release. The press picks that release up and then points that out as fact. And then what tends to happen in science when these things happen is other people do the extra research. They they, they confirm the data. And when they try to confirm the data, they'd be like, this shit doesn't make any fucking sense. I haven't found anything that happened. And then the paper that put it out will be like, oh, we'll print a retraction in our next one. But guess what the media doesn't do? It really doesn't follow, follow retractions. They don't give this, a shit. They, yeah. they, they said the thing. It got them the press. Now they have a show on CNN or Fox or MSNBC or whatever the fuck. And like People so, are still under the impression that like vaccines cause autism, even though literally one guy said that. And it's right. been wildly disproven. And he got his like entire... Uh, licensure taken away. Yeah, you so. want to talk about cancel culture? Science is great at it. Like, when it be like, yo, <laughs> you are absolute trash. You purported a thing that that not only wasn't true, but that your uh, dis- your scientific experiments did not prove to be true. We are officially as a body saying you will not science again. 
And then they do that. <laughs> but the problem is that because there's a media layer in it, you will get this shit reported to you as fact over and over and over again because they understand that you are too ignorant to do the science, to do the but you're not. scientific literacy research. And what not. I'm saying is, yes, <laughs> you were wrong about this president. Yes, you were wrong <laughs> about uh, how bad it could get. But you can be correct in how you take your future science. And we've told you a lot of what you could do to do that. And if you don't want to do it, then I can't wait for you to be trying to go to bed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And you just hear and you, you know, like me. Uh, oh, I'm not going to say me. James Heskey, my very good friend, <laughs> has a very good joke that I laugh at often when he's not around. When he says he's trying to go to bed and that's when his brain decides if it's going, it, uh, it decides to run through every time he misjudged a handshake and hug situation. Mm-hmm. I want when you go to bed, you remember that you chose wrong because this person spoke to your belief that the blacks are lazy and you got the entire United States life expectancy dropped by a year. You did that. And then... <laughs> You tried to rush the capital. You was like, not only am I wrong, I want to hang the vice president because he doesn't want to be as wrong as I am. For all the proud boys that are listening to DTF, oh, all the O-keepers in our audience. I, okay, uh, look, I'm trying to be canceled by y'all. That's the thing. I want y'all <laughs> to spread this around. Like, Listen to this fucking black... <laughs> talking oh, wow. this shit cancel his ass please I just want as much as attention as I can get so everybody try to cancel Daryl Joe so oh, if I, I think I think we've gone as far as we can go on that so I, I guess that so. leads us to our our next thing which is uh, how do we cancel you Daryl Charles and where do we get your album oh, Black Gentrifier boy yeah please cancel me um, I really don't know how um, Okay, look, I, I think I'm very cancelable. Let me just put that out. Uh, <laughs> nobody fucking knows about me. It's very easy. So please don't. Uh, but anyway, if you f- still feel the need, you can go to DarylComedy.com, find out where I'm at, tell the people in the venues that I'm going to be at that I'm trash. And I've been saying shit like, <laughs> my research is whack. Like, this dude said my <gasps> research is whack. And that I'm being, actually, because my research is so bad... That I'm being pulled by media entities that actually want me to think some way so they can push an agenda that's actually going to hurt me later. Please uh, email all of the venues I'm going to perform at. And how can wow. you find that out? You can go to DarylComedy.com. If you wow. want to get my album, Black Gentrifier, <laughs> it's also up there on many of the streamable places that you can get it. If I'm correct it's pretty much everywhere you can just put in black Mm -hmm. gentrifier i have seen no one try to co-opt that uh those two words put together as a term because america's racist um but yeah black gentrifiers name my album yeah it's great (laughs) i also have black gentrifier merch i wear your your tank tops listen listen for uh, tim ray's laugh 
Yeah. Because it's, it's <laughs> in the, on the album, I promise. My, my cackle. Yeah. Uh, if you want to know more about me, sexwithtimarie.com, T-I-M-A-R-E-E, uh, where I post poems and also links to news articles, including the things that we discuss on the show, upcoming events, including I've got a workshop coming up in March through uh, Sexploratorium. It's a virtual introduction to burlesque. So whether you want to perform on the stage or you're just like, let's do something spicy on a weekend uh, and just do something that's a little bit of movement and make me feel sexy, oh, yeah. it, it'll be in your own home you can join from there and uh you can get the information either on my website or from sexploratorium and uh also get information on upcoming shows and things like that so that that's all there and of course you can uh find dtf daryl summary fun hour on uh facebook we have a page there so Mm -hmm. feel free to Mm -hmm. go like that and of course if you are listening to this now you you know how to find the episodes so if you can like and subscribe and leave positive reviews that's very helpful so that other people can find us as well so we really appreciate you listening and and thanks for the support as we've had this bizarro year of suddenly doing the podcast that we talked about for seven fucking years you're right it's great and i mean it's not great but you know we're making the best of this situation and Mm -hmm. we appreciate you Mm -hmm. for listening Please uh, continue and tell other people about it. Because we probably will keep this going. I hope so. If they open the doors tomorrow and they're like, all right, live shows, I think we would. I don't know. Probably. I like you. I think you might want us to hang out. I enjoy this interaction. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, So, yeah, yeah. we'd probably keep it going. So, you should tell your aunt about it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, especially if she needs to know this information. <laughs> Yo, son, like I can't. Uh, uh, it would make me so happy to know I'm blowing auntie's minds. Like, Ooh. yeah. Oh man, yeah. I can't talk about. I can't talk to my aunts about this shit. I would get very weird. So it'd be very fun <laughs> to know that your aunts would be like, "What? You could put it in the huh?" Like because of me. <laughs> That'd be super fun. That would. All right. Well, this is yeah. This has been a good old time. Uh, thank you to Flirt and Vonnegut, our editor, our producer. Yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, thank you all so much for listening. And we will talk at you next week. What? You ain't hanging with the team if you ain't down to fuck. <laughs> <laughs>